0: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, our entire society, as a liberal democracy and as a, um, you know, as a what are, what are we going to call it, capitalist society, um, really plays into discontentment, and I would say actually uses discontentment as a tool to accomplish its its goals and and purposes.
1: Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. And we're here with Pastor Nick Katie, the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, we are in our series, Grace and Truth. as We've been looking at the uh, book of 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter to 1 Corinthians. And this week we found ourselves in chapter 7, looking at uh, verses 10 to the end of the chapter through, I uh, believe, uh-huh? 40. 40, yeah, 40. Uh, for- 10 verse 40, yeah. And uh, Bloom Where You're Planted is the title of uh, this week's message. And if you missed that, whitefieldschurch.com. Get over there. You can uh, download it on any of uh, your favorite Platforms as well. Uh, you can download on our website. You can go to YouTube. You can go to Facebook. All those kind of places there. And if you would, if you're watching this video right now on YouTube, you know, like and subscribe. But uh, just give us a thumbs up and and uh, subscribe and share and interact with us. It's a great way of uh, you know getting this video to move up in the rankings. And uh, you know, even on your podcast apps, you know, if you want to rate and review, give us a great review. If you can, and uh, that way, you know. We people are asking questions about God and life and all these kind of things that uh, we can provide them with gospel-centered, Christ-centered content. And especially, you know, questions that this week as we discussed ideas of marriage and being content. Bloom where you're planted, being content in that place that God has put you. And, uh, you know, we kind of... um, wanted to talk a little bit more about that word uh contentment or discontentment for that matter um because it just seems that that's something that people are struggling struggling with you know in the sermon said only 14 percent of people in this one poll that was i think it was 2020 or 2021 said they were happy 14 percent. that is like a super low number if you just kind of you know, I was just thinking of all the people that were in the room, you know, uh, for, for the sermon that, you know, 14%, you know, across that, that's that's not a very, very good number. So we just kind of thought about that word uh, uh, discontentment. And, uh, you know, recently you just did a class on, on Christ and culture. And one of the things that you, we do in that class is that in order for us to see how the gospel can impact or best impact our our society our our community that we live live in is one of the exercises that we do in the class is that we identify the idols of our particular uh, community, and and two of those idols, and you know, I think pretty much everybody in the room agreed. Two of those idols: quality of life and kind of that individualism, and uh, we just kind of you know thought about that and how those two things actually really play into the idea of being discontent.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, our entire society, as a liberal democracy, and as a um, you know, as a, what are we want to call it, capitalist society, um, really plays into discontentment, and I would say actually uses discontentment as a tool to accomplish its its goals and, and purposes. For example, I mean, every political cycle that we go through, they're trying to stir up discontentment. I mean, even asking the question, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Any of the questions they ask, in order to get elected, uh, politicians are touching on these points and trying to kind of raise your sense of discontentment when it comes to our economy, right? We have this biggest economy in the world, but our economy is fueled by discontentment, right? Like commercials all the time are focused on showing you what you're missing out on, right? We even have this term FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And that's what all of marketing is essentially geared towards is this idea of, um, you know, are you missing out on something and, and what is it? And, you know, let's make you, you know, obsessed with getting the next thing. And so, I mean, even if you think about it, um, with this latest iPhone, I was thinking about a lot because, um, a lot of the things I've been reading out there say, you know, I mean, it's not a huge upgrade from what was before. And yet there's this, all this marketing, you know, saying, you know, really pushing this product on people. And, I mean, it's just the way that our society works. We have a lot of a lot of marketing because it's a capitalist society. All that to say, um, you know, you're asking, what are the idols of the front range of Colorado? I would say, yeah, individualism. I think this is the most individualistic part of the most individualistic society that has ever existed in all of history. I think more so than even the West Coast, I think the Mountain West... Um, you know, I would, I would leap, loop into that like New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Idaho, um, Wyoming, Montana, and Colorado. And I would say that this area is ruggedly individualistic. That's part of the reason why people move here. Um, it's for the quality of life, right? And it's that idea of, I don't want to miss out. There's so many things to do. I want to enjoy things. I want to experience this. And so you come here um, wanting to have that quality of life, but, yeah, it just fuels that sense of, um, you know, kind of self-fulfillment. And it, and I think the individualism thing, too. I mean, you can say that, um, you know, what happens with the individualism piece, which is so ironic, is that I would say one of the characteristic features of where we live is loneliness. So on the one hand, extreme individualism, but it breeds loneliness. Um, I think this is one of the most lonely uh, societies that I've ever experienced or seen, um, it was interesting. I grew up here, you know. I didn't realize it, but stepping out of it for a while and then coming back, yeah, I just see it with new eyes. And I, I think that's a really big thing. So all that to say, um, contentment. Why does it matter? Um, and and is there such a thing as uh, a good sense of discontentment? I would say on the sense of discontentment piece, there absolutely is a good and healthy sense of discontentment that can exist. And that is where you're not complacent, right? You're not just happy where you're not just, um, yeah, just fine, not making any progress. You're wanting to make progress. I think that's good because, you know, as we talked about earlier in this series— we talk about that in the Bible. Like Paul says, I'm here for your progress in the faith. I want you to be moving forward. I don't want you to stay as a baby. I want you to progress and grow. Now, on the other hand, um, contentment, why does it matter? Well, because it expresses faith in God's sovereignty and in God's purpose. I think about Paul the Apostle, he says, I am who I am by the grace of God. I think that we should also be able to say, I am where I am in life by the grace of God. And um, that doesn't mean that you're never going to try to be in a different situation. Even in the text, he talks to slaves and says, hey, if you can get free, you should do it. But he also says, okay, in this moment where God has you, understand he has you here for a purpose. That purpose is both for you to grow as a result of this situation, and he wants to use you in a special and unique way right here, right now.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, it, that just goes back to the title of the sermon bloom where you're planted. And interestingly enough, one of the other options you had, uh, for the sermon was the idea of plow the field that you're in, you know, and both, both meaning, you know, if bloom where you're planted. There's this idea of you, as you've said, the idea of growth, you're, you're growing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also the Bible, you know, the idea of plowing the field that you're in, meaning you're putting the work in, you're changing, you know, you're changing your environment and, and instead of letting your environment, you know, it affect you and to change you. And I think that's, a, that's an important part of that, uh, you know, idea of discontent, discontentment and contentment working together. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here, but I'm, I want to make this place better by the power of the Spirit, you know, and letting God use me. And that's kind of our, you know, should be be our mindset. But I also thought, you know, you think about the idea of discontentment. We're sojourners. We're on a journey. This is, place is not our home. So there is going to be that sense of discontentment that we're missing something. And that, that something, of course, is provided to us through the gospel. And at the, and, and at the end of that road is Jesus, heaven, and, and internal community with him and that of course is going to breed a sense of discontentment because we're looking forward to His return. But in the midst of that, God says, "I planted you here, and I would, you know, I have work for you to do, and I have things, you know, people that I want you to you affect." It's almost the opposite of being selfish. It's it's being, you know, the outworking of God's of God's grace, you know, that in your life and infecting other people that you come into contact with, you know, in that society that God has planted you. Yeah. So I, just, I mean, I just thought about my, uh, you know, I thought of my my uh, father-in-law. He's always been. He's since gone on to be with the Lord, and but I always thought about him as somebody when I was living in Hungary, you know, and he was a man who worked very very hard in Romania under communism. And, uh, I just always had this sense that he was just very content, you know? And I, in, in many ways I was like, man, you're missing out, you know, but he would go work the fields and he would go work at the bakery and, and he would come home he just loved his soup and his meat and, you know, and then he'd go work on his bike. and I'm like, oh, Yo, you know, this, we've got some great motorcycles in the West, but he loved that bike. He loved working on it. And, you know, he just. Seemed to love life in, in the small little Romanian town where, you know, an outsider from the West would be see man, you're just missing out on everything. I mean, all the stuff that we have in the West that can make your life better. And I don't think I ever saw anybody more content than he was in the place he was he had his family he had his church he had his friends he had his bike he had his job you know he had his soup you know <laughs> those things were the things that just kind of made made him happy and i just it really something that really impacted me you know and when i lived over there because there is a sense when you come from the west and you go to the eastern europe that you can feel like there are things that are missing, those conveniences, the choices. You know, we were talking about that earlier today was, you know, one of the things about, you know, communist Russia or you go into a store and there are two things to choose from, maybe one thing and the rest of the store is, you know, the shelves are empty, you know, and that was a common problem there, trying to keep things stocked. It's like, you know, and you come here to the States and you walk into a Walmart or someplace like that and there's 1,500,000, whatever, you know, boxes of cereal to choose from and it's just like, well, what if I pick that one or, you know, it's just like you get this it creates an anxiety where there's no anxiety there, there's one thing on the shelf, okay <laughs> I guess I'm buying that, you know it just, it kind of gives you so much more time in life to do things that are important when some of these other decisions are kind of wrestle, you know we spend so much time choosing you know, what restaurant to go to you know, what we're going to do, this and that and where you know, many of those folks, they got one thing to choose from, Mm -hmm. you know, one restaurant, there's one restaurant in town, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and it just kind of that I, you know, so that's something that really impacted me was, was just his example for the idea of just what it means to just to be content in life. And, you know, that's kind of a lesson. I think it's just something we should take to heart as to, you know, as we think about at chapter seven of what Paul was saying, just wherever you are, let the Lord use you and be content in that, you know, and, uh, and I think that's the lesson for us. And yeah, you know, that's just something we can think about this, this week, you know, and, and it's just as Pastor Nick pointed out, you know, our whole commerce, our whole society is driven, and to us you know needing something more that FOMO you know fear of missing out I just I just need that one thing and and we all get caught up in it and and it's just something sometimes we just need to lay all that before the Lord maybe that's something you have to do this week just think about that and think on those things that maybe are driving your decision making uh where maybe that energy needs to be put someplace you know where the Lord can actually use it so hey Let us know what you think. You know, it's it's an important topic. I think especially nowadays, something very important for us to think about. So uh, it was great having you with us this week, whitefieldschurch.com if you missed the sermon. And we'll see you next week. God bless.